Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Fantastic to have you with us on the show this afternoon. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Wasn't it just gorgeous? I was predicting it, mind you. Give me a little credit from the middle of last week that we'd have a lovely weekend. And boy, it didn't disappoint. Yes, it took a little time to get going each day, but just beautiful. I was This morning was particularly uh, autumn-y, yet you knew the day was just going to rise up. When I was up real early, and I have to say, the mist on the grass in the back garden and the cobwebs. If you look at the cobwebs at this time of year, when you get that early autumn mist and it gathers on the cobwebs, some of the pictures you'd take of the webs, I'm sure you've seen them in your back garden, are absolutely spectacular. They really, really are. And it's a lovely time of the year. The season of mellow fruitfulness is what they often call it. And it so really is. Anyway, looking at the weather ahead, just as I always tell you here, I can see it on the old TV screen in the studio looks decent, very decent, lovely day tomorrow, not so bad on Wednesday and fair enough even going beyond that point as well. So long may it continue, the Indian summer, typical isn't it, isn't it typical? They're back at school after the most awful July and August and here we are with the Indian summer in September. It is really uh, often, it does often happen as they say over the years. Anyway, welcome to the show, thank you for joining us once again, 86 658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us on the show this afternoon. Well, I have to mention a couple of things that happened myself over the weekend. I went to uh, United Park to see Drogheda to play UCD on Friday night with Ava, one of my grandchildren. She's a big drug supporter now. And uh, I saw one of the most incredible goals I've ever seen scored at the venue. And I've been there since I was in short pants. Before it was a League of Ireland ground. So there used to be amateur summer football on it as well. But the goal on Friday night by Robinson was just unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, go online and check it out. He was just inside his uh, inside the UCD half on the centre circle. And he just torn, swivelled. He had an idea where the keeper was. Bang. And I knew from the ball left his boot. I was nearly back in the commentary, to be honest with you. That it was in, in the goal. Sailed over the keeper's head. An absolutely remarkable, remarkable goal, I have to say. One to remember for Drogs fans, for sure. And then what about yesterday? Manchester United fans, how's your Monday going, Man U fans? How is it with you this Monday afternoon? Anyway, I see uh, Roy Keane's in a little bother. News just breaking there the last while. Seems there was a bit of an altercation in the Arsenal Emirates Stadium after the game. More coming out on that as we speak this afternoon. And Micah Richards, Mika Richards, uh, was uh, on hand to settle matters down. Anyway, Man United fans, I'm sorry for your troubles. I thought, you know I'm a gunner myself. I thought we were beaten, to be honest with you, when you saw United score that goal late on. And it was disallowed, I mean, for an absolute minuscule offside. The tiniest offside ever. But there you go. The Gunners won 3-1. And... Uh, only two points behind the lead at this stage. It's good to know, isn't it? Anyway, sorry for your troubles, Man United fans. Uh, great to get the win from the Arsenal point of view. Now, our first guest on the show this afternoon is with me, Mr Hector O'Hookagon. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Always a pleasure talking to Jerry. How's everybody at LMFM? Ah, sure, we're doing the best. You couldn't but be good, could you, Hector, in a weather like that? It's late but welcome. God, look, look, I'm standing here in a place called Tempin Glantine. I'm halfway on the road to Killarney. We left this morning and 
we're going to do, we're on this amazing tour of the local stations, the radio stations, that the power to the people, that keep the people going. And LMFM is one of those that we're doing today, Claire FM and Radio Kerry, and all the way down around the country, WLR and everything. So it's a pleasure talking to you. It's, it's, I'm in, I'm about 15 miles from Abbey Field, and we're on the side of a mountain. I'm standing in a field. <laughs> I can see in the distance a load of uh, wind turbines. There's, there's lads silaging. There's lads turning. And it's unbelievable. It's a beautiful day. This is our Indian summer. It certainly is. Anyway, talk about you and beautiful places you've been to. Your new series is starting Daina Friday on TG Cahar. They dared in this Thursday on TG Cahar. And it's on every Thursday then for seven weeks. Um, you're going travelling from the Philippines to the Solomon Islands. Now, talk about an exotic journey. Where does this rate with all of the others you've done? I thought I'd seen an awful lot of the world and I thought I'd, I'd ventured to far-flung places like Siberia and Africa, but when we travelled via Dubai to get to Manila and when you realise in the Philippines there's 7,000 islands or you get to Indonesia and you find out it's a fifth of the world's equator, 17,500 islands, 15,500 islands, um, Papua New Guinea, the second biggest island in the world, a place where nobody goes. It's like they've got their own species. There are species of insect and animal found in Papua New Guinea in the mountains that are found nowhere else in the world. So I was 15,500 kilometres away from home when I was down in the Solomon Islands. So it's probably the most remote places we've been to, deep in the South Pacific. And I can't wait for people to come on this journey through Southeast Asia. 750 million people bustling megatropolises like Manila and Kuala Lumpur and Singapore and Jakarta, but then pure jungle as you travel all the way down. And then we got to the most beautiful South Pacific islands. It's been an amazing trip, and I can't wait for people to watch it on Thursday nights. When you got to your final destination, I'll sort of do this in reverse, the Solomon Islands, I just see that uh, you, you cooked your own fish. You, you, you found your own atoll, built a big fire and cooked fish. That was must have been extra special. Well, like, everything we have in your head growing up as a youngster and a teenager. And you, you, all these images you have of South Pacific Islands with pristine white sea, white sand, and then the coral, and then the coconut trees, and the palm trees, and then you're looking out, and it's just beautiful, clear, warm, crystal ocean. And then you can see in the distance more little, tiny little atolls, little tiny tropical islands. It was just hard to comprehend that I was in the middle of this, because it's an image that has been probably in your head from magazines or images on, on, on the internet or everything that you can imagine of tropical beauty and coral islands in the middle of nowhere is true. And I, I, it was hard to believe that we had our own little island. We could have stopped at a number of islands, hundreds of islands. They were all there. Children were paddling by me and cut out canoes from the barks of trees, from the trunks of trees on their way to school in the neighbouring islands. I can see this smoke rising in the distance. I was invited to nine o'clock mass on one of the islands in a Pentecostal church to be with the tribe. Like, this was stuff that, this was frontier stuff. And I'm just so glad that we're in, I'm so lucky and excited that we're in these places. It's just, it's an amazing feeling when you get to it, to see these places around our planet, Jerry, because sometimes we get caught up in the world we're in at the moment, where we are, whether it's Strada or Navan or Timbuktu. But like, we, there's amazing places on the planet. And I'm so lucky that for 22 or 23 years, I've been showing these places on TG Car. And boy, do you show them. And we love you as you throw yourself into it and uh, immerse yourself with all the locals. Here, one thing, you know, what you talked about there is fantastic. But I want to ask you this. In Singapore, um, the cost of buying real estate. Now, we hear about Dublin all the time. Would it put Dublin in the halfpenny place? Singapore is probably the most futuristic city there is. It will put Dubai, Dubai and London and New York into the halfpenny place. It's... Five million people living in, a, in, a, in an area that is smaller than County Loud. Let's wow. just get that into, mm. get and, and find out, like, five million people in an area, I think that's 56 kilometres long. I'm not sure how big Loud is, Jerry. How big and how wide is County Loud? <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing, five million people living in, in a city that's going upwards and, in, and below ground because they have no more land. They import billions of tonnes of sand from Cambodia and Vietnam and Thailand every year because they need to build land. It is... It's, it's, it's a very futuristic, modern society where everybody is working. There is no unemployment. There is no homelessness. The metro and the trains and the buses work on time. They give a reward system for the amount of children that's in the family. On your fifth child in Singapore, you get a $25,000 bonus 
because they need more children in the workforce, they need more teenagers, they need more young men and women. There are two sides to Singapore. There's a very effective, brilliant, modern, thriving city, but then who builds all these modern skyscrapers and beautiful hotels? They're all the migrants who come from Bangladesh and India who have no pay, very little pay, and have no insurance. We heard about those scandals at the World Cup. We touch on that as well, because we try and look for deeper stories in Singapore. I mean, it is a brilliant city for a couple of days, but then we wanted to get deeper in underneath it. Like, who's in charge of this country? The same family since 1959. They're worth trillions and trillions of dollars. You scrap your car after 10 years, you, you automatically scrap. They only release 150 driving licenses or, so, or something like that a year. After 10 years, your car, your van or your lorry is automatically scrapped. There's no pollution. There's trees everywhere. Yet it's a city. It's just an incredible place. And uh, I think we're going to give you a slice of Singapore that people who may have stayed there for a day or two or travelling to Australia have stopped off. We'll show you a different slice of life. Terrific. In episode five, Bali, beautiful Bali. I think, Hector, you could get a job when uh, episode five airs because uh, building a road with the local council, we need you in me, the loud. We want your backs on. This is what happens in Bali. Bali, the Balinese people, believe that there's a harmony between man and mother nature. They also believe that the community is huge and when the community come out they get things done. So on a Sunday morning in the middle of rural Bali we came across 150 local men who decided to fix the road on a Sunday morning. A 400 metre stretch of road full of potholes they were covering it, filling it and putting down a whole new way to tarmac. I have never seen such a military operation. 150 people all out with the lorries, with the tar with the gravel, with the sand, with everything, and the heat of the Balinese sunshine, and they got the job done on a Sunday morning. So in Bali, it is up to the local people to take control of their local area, and they got the job done. Forget about the county councils. It's power to the people. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. We could learn from them for sure. The other thing was, when you were in Malaysia, you were out in the paddy fields. Tell me a bit about that, where they were, you know, working on the rice, backbreaking stuff. Hard, hard work, hard labour, hard graft. They're waiting on the rain gods to pour down the rain on top of them. Amazing to see how we, we follow the story of a, of a couple of different rice fields to see how the rice grows, the way the fish come into the field. Fish in the middle of nowhere with no rivers, there's a fish that they catch as they harvest the rice that, that grows in harmony with the roots of the plant. And to see how much rice construction is going on, rice production is going on in Malaysia, how much rice production is, is so important to Southeast Asia, to Asia in general. You're talking of billions and billions of tons of rice consumed every year. You take rice out of Asia, it's more than the potato here for the famine. That's their staple food. If they have rice in the nighttime with some fresh food and some vegetables, with some fish, then they know they have a good dinner. But the, the future of rice, the future of young people getting into rice farming, it's the same thing we have here. The same problems are hitting the farmers in Southeast Asia and in Malaysia are the same problems that are happening here. The land is getting overworked. They're not getting enough rain. They're getting too much drought. All the different things, all those factors. And young people, are they becoming? Are they going to be the rice farmers and the paddy farmers? Are they going to farm the paddy field or are they going to go to the cities and leave it all behind? But it was beautiful to stand, spend an evening out in the middle of the paddy fields. And these, I can't just, if I could paint a picture of these people working off in the distance and the sun sets down of these tropical paddy fields and the back-breaking work in the mud and in the water getting getting the stuff ready and then they bring in the ducks the ducks come in to eat to eat the weeds they have flocks of ducks on each paddy field incredible rat poison is a huge thing because they have a lot of rodents and they put down loads of rat poison on the paddy fields to keep the rodents away an amazing circle of life but to see a man arriving on a 150 bicycle with a cage a wooden cage at the back and he unloads 50 ducks to go into the paddy field to eat all the weeds that they don't want Terrific. Oh, terrific. Incredible. Incredible stuff. Really incredible. Now, this is just another area of the world that you've had the pleasure and privilege of going to. And I think I asked you this before. Are people the same the world over? You mentioned that we all have the climate challenges. We're all trying to earn a crust, put a roof over our heads. What would they like the people in this neck of the woods? I suppose when you land in places like Papua New Guinea, I mean, you can Google Papua New Guinea or any of your listeners Google how. The first thing that will come up is hostages taken, kidnapping, danger in, this, in the main city, Port Moresby. I mean, sometimes we think to ourselves, are we going to the right places? And after spending 29 hours in the air, 
10 hours to Dubai and 10 hours to Manila and another nine hours down to Papua New Guinea. Are we going to the right places? Is this going to be safe? Are we going to be safe? Are we going to be kidnapped? Is the stuff going to be robbed? And then you realize that Google and all them have too much power over us. That at the end of the day, it's about shaking hand and saying hello to your driver at the airport and getting out with the local people. And when you smile and shake a hand, it doesn't matter what part of the planet you're on, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's, you get off to a good start. People are the same the world over. Even though we don't have the language to converse, a smile and a handshake goes an awful long way. And that means an awful lot to me, and I've always tried to do that. And I've always try and have respect for whatever cultures and peoples and tribes, no matter how basic or how remote or where they are living, we're all on this planet because we're all here, and it's our planet. So once you give respect, you get respect back, and I think that's a, that's a good yardstick. You're a great sportsman too and through these programmes you will see that you encounter different sports like cricket, wonderful table tennis. But how Do you want to give it away? How did you get on against listen, the, the, listen, the pool Jerry, player? Jerry. Go on. Yeah, two, two sports that are close to my heart there now. First of all, table tennis. Mm. I am on the wall of the brother's school in that and I was table tennis. <laughs> I was table tennis champion two years in a row in fourth class. I beat a guy called Alan Riley in sixth. And I'll never forget, I took him on at lunchtime on the main board at the hall in the brothers, the Christian brothers in Delisal. I took him on, there was a good crowd around the table, there was about 11 lads. I was in four class, the young whippersnapper coming up, your man was in sixth. And I bet him 3-0, 21-11, 21-10 and 21-15. Now that's a long time ago, but I remember my serve was the key. I had, the, the, I had a fantastic Asian style serve. Table tennis, I was mad into it, having my own bat and my own cover on my Sandika bat. And then I got a Dunlop bat. I thought it was the, I thought it was the dogs, you know what. <laughs> but I went into a table tennis school in Singapore where table tennis is huge, the best ping pong players in the world. You want to see how good they are at 8 mm. and 10 years of age playing table tennis. And then um, later on in the series, we go and meet pool. is huge in Southeast Asia. Yes. And I used to play, my father used to be a good player, Lord Reston and Navin playing in Johnny Higgins' and Equus and all the good players, a good left-handed pool player. Uh, Tommy Tiernan is another good pool player. I play Tommy first to ten with a pot of tea sometimes in my house. And uh, I love pool. And I knew that there was always good pool players coming from Southeast Asia. So we went to a, a pool club, 70 tables, all players, all the Asian-style players. And I met one of the top players in Indonesia. She's ranked number, number five or number two in Indonesia, but she's in the top ten in the world. And she absolutely annihilated me different ball game different <laughs> level we all think we're Steve Davis or Stephen Hendry or Jimmy yes. White or Ronnie O'Sullivan but until you get to start playing these people it looks easy on telly and the tables are a lot smaller but yeah. this girl she was she travels the world and she represents our country just to show you that pool is such a big sport in Southeast Asia uh, listen it's a, a tremendous series in prospect and it begins this Thursday and each Thursday this Thursday the 7th at 9.30 on TG Cahar on the Philippines Godina Solomons good God almighty you are one lucky guy looking forward to it again and good luck with everything you do Jerry, it's always a pleasure talking to you on LMFM, the home of the centenary, uh, the home of the Tolchin. The centenary cup was a long time ago. It is. The Tolchin, the Tolchin Cup champions. I never thought I'd be so proud saying that around the country. We're the Tolchin Cup champions. But you know what? We're not there yet. But we're getting there. Oh, there's a message for all and sundry from Hector himself. Slán go fóil. Slán, mas mór agal on LMFM Good luck, Hector. Isn't he great? He's such a character. 9.30 Thursday, it starts for seven weeks. Well worth checking out. Louise, a lot of controversy about this programme tonight. Uh, there's three in the series about John Gilligan. Oh, yes. You, you see this coming up. The weekend. Yeah, you saw it as well. I was mm. watching it actually on TV uh, this morning myself and a lot of people, you know, are wondering really, uh, should it be shown at all? What do you think? What do you think about it? Um, I don't know. I suppose he's getting his speak in, but um, how much of it can you believe, I suppose? Mm. Or, you know, mm. is there a spin on it? Um, I just see the breaking news. He's He's been, you know, he's been released in Spain, so... Yes, released. No yeah. no prison term and fined on charges over there. Uh, I, I heard, I can't think of the journalist's name, he used to be a reporter on RTE this morning on 
uh, Virgin and he was just saying that actually uh, he understands the annoyance about this Mm -hmm. but that he's not getting a free run and when you listen to him it's a load of baloney and he's shown up and he's you know it's challenged right through the programmes which is good that it's not a free run of publicity Okay so it'll be interesting to watch then tonight to see how he is being challenged Yes he he was the former RTE news reporter and he said look I've looked at it and I will say to you that he's shown up he says basically and that if people say he's a clever man when you look at this he says you'll realise he's absolutely not you know anyway Mm -hmm. But you can understand the annoyance of Veronica Geeran's family and yeah, others so as well about this. And, and Paul Williams, the journalist, yeah, yes, is not happy not, at not all. Not happy with it all, is right. Anyway, it's on this evening on the television. Worth watching. Uh, take it or leave it. It's up to yourself, yes. And uh, we'll see what uh, what emerges. Now, I, I don't have to remind you out there in late lunch land that there are many addictions in life. Uh, but one of the most sinister with the development of technology and all that entails is gambling. There are many, many people who are struggling big time. But as I've said here before, you don't have to go into a bookie shop now. You don't have to do anything like that. You just take out your phone and away you go. And the sky's the limit, really. And I know there are lots of warnings by the gambling companies, etc. We understand that. They ask people to be sensible. But unfortunately, it gets a grip on many people. Well, we're going to talk about it for the next while. In the company of Adesian Apison, she's a psychotherapist and a gambling addiction counsellor. She's going to tell us about a new service that's been set up in the northeast here. And also joining us on the line is Tony O'Reilly, who knows what addiction is about and is now a counsellor and helping many others himself. Tony, you're welcome if you're listening to us there. And Adesian, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. And it's great to be here where magic happens. (laughs) Thank you. It's great to have you. With us too. Tell us a, a, about this new service, what's happening, and why you're setting it up here in the Northeast. Yes, so my name is Adishion, and um, yes, we am from the Connect Family Resource Centre in Monimont here in Drada. And um, this service is one of the um, project, it's part of the project by the Gambling Awareness Trust. And um, we were nominated as one of the family resource centres um, in the Northeast. And our service is strictly for us to let people know, first of all, that problem gambling shouldn't be hidden. If you need to talk about it, you have a place to come and seek help with us in our Family Resource Centre. Um, we we're, ex- um, were selected with about 20 other Family Resource Centres. And um, what we do is we're helping with one, like I said, the awareness. We're helping with low-cost counselling so that people can come in and have that non-judgmental, confidential, um, professional service where we can talk about what led to it and um, what are you feeling about it and well, how can we help just to process the thought and to support the recovery. And um, so one of the things we do is um, for now... It's more one-on-one. We haven't started the group. And it's just because we have the Gamblers Anonymous, which happens on Friday for people who want to share. This is more of one just seeking help therapeutically. And um, on what we're going to do is whenever anybody comes, like I said, it's low cost. It's just five euro. And whatever it is as well, I work with whatever. I am the therapist in the center at the moment. So we talk about the symptoms and if anybody needs to come see me, please do um, come and talk to me. If you want it virtually, we can always work virtually and walk towards Zoom or towards phone. I've had some clients who just want to have a chat. Now, it doesn't have to be just the person with problem gambling, just to put that out there. It's also the affected others. We know that gambling is something that does not just affect the person and the mental health of the person who has gambling. Um, it's also the mother's the fathers, the child, the spouse, the sisters. So whoever you are, the brothers, just give us a call. Let's talk about it. Even if you think somebody you know has a gambling addiction, you can always call me and then we can talk about it, talk about the symptoms, and then we can go from there. So that's us and when money more at the Family Resource Centre Connect. That's Thank you. terrific. Um, you know, that you mentioned, and that is a fact, it doesn't just affect you know, the individual themselves. The confidentiality, the one-to-one I like as well, because it can take time for people, you know, to move into a group scenario and it it can be very embarrassing, I'm sure you've seen this as well, for people to come and talk about this for the first time. Absolutely. Um, Yes, um, you find people who 
when they even come in, they're like, is this okay? Can I talk to you? Um, families have ostracized some people because it's more like I am an embarrassment. I did not come from a family where my father, there was no addiction. So this is just me. Maybe at the age of 13, I went to a slot machine and I just got into this. Um, there's some that their siblings are not talking to them anymore. And because the way the addiction of gambling is, it's very unique. It's not like um, you will see somebody who has the alcohol or who has the substance abuse that you still see them staggering, you know, and people think, oh, you should be able to say no. You should be able to get up and just leave if you need to. But we need to understand that just like any other addiction as well, gambling is one that it's to do with the brain. It's the excitement. It's the, oh, I'm triggered from whatever the trigger is stress, um, loss of job. We're not, the economy is not helping us right now. And somebody's feeling that I can't. Let me just see if I can get a stroke of luck. And then a stroke of luck comes in. And then before you know what's happening, oh, let me get up. Oh, maybe I'll make a bit more. Maybe I'll make a bit more. And when Tony comes in, Tony will be able to tell us more about that feeling of what happens in the brain. But that's basically what's happening. So for the partner, for the mothers, for the grandmothers, and anybody that is around them to know that, okay, just the same way if you were into alcohol or if you were into drug, let us be able to help and say, how are you doing? Okay, what can we do? Should we talk about finance? Should we take your card from you? Should we support you so that you don't have too much money? The minute you get your wages, should we quickly pay what needs to be paid and reduce? It's all about time, access and location. So if it's a case that every time you're passing by the bookie, it all depends as well, just as you said, Jerry. Some, we all have casino in our pockets now, so there's no nothing like that. So what exactly is it? Is it going to the casino that's the trick, trail for the person? Or is it the pocket that it is the phone that is? So to identify what it is and say, okay, how can we support you? And for the person to come without that, not so much of judgmental as well, for them to be able to seek the help rather than, oh, you brought this on yourself and that's it. I like it. I really like everything you're saying. Uh, Tony O'Reilly is on the line listening to you. And Tony is an experienced addiction counsellor who specialises in gambling addiction himself. Tony, welcome to the show. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. Not at all. Just to remind <coughs> listeners, you have a book called Tony 10. There's been documentaries about you. You were the branch manager in Gorey in County Wexford with Unpost, and you ran up an enormous debt there. Tony, can I ask you this first? You know, Adesian has just mentioned it. That kick, that thrill in the brain, is that a thing that, you know, starts and then grips you and you can't kick it? Yeah, like my first bet is it's very much documented was a was a one pound bet that so I won forty five pounds back off. And for me at the time it was a large amount of money, but it was also um I was chasing that win or that winning feeling. So that initial kick or that initial buzz, it was something I was chasing for a long time afterwards. The problem is, as Edition says, when the problem becomes more prevalent in the person's life, the buzz or the excitement goes, but you're still trying to um, trying to get back to that zero place. So in, in gambling addiction, you're generally chasing the winning feeling or the winning money, and then you end up chasing losses, and that's when it becomes a huge problem. And it is... An absolute addiction. You can obviously vouch for this as well. You just keep going. You know, for people who don't understand it, Tony, they say, well, look, at when you get in so deep, it's time to quit. It's, it's, it's not that easy, is it? It's not. Like a process addiction or behavioural addiction is, you know, has its similarities and differences to substance use disorder. But a gambling addiction, as addiction was saying, it's like it's that kind of feeling of there, why can't you just stop? But I would, I would, I would always challenge anyone to, um, you know, we're all kind of addicted to our mobile phones, or most of us are. So it's the, you know, it's nearly the first thing you check in the morning. It's nearly, you know, we can't go anywhere without. We feel like we're missing something, but we're not checking stuff online. So it's similar to that in 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 how it hijacks the brain. But the problem is with gambling is then it can create so many other problems like relationship problems, financial problems, as it did in my situation where. You know, I got in such a, I got in such a huge amount of debt, and then you know, family circumstances took over, and then I ended up doing what I never thought or dreamed of doing: taking money to fuel the addiction to try get out of that problem that I've created. As you say, enormous. What was the one point seven five million it went to in the end because you had access through your job and and where you were? Did you never? Did it never dawn on you? Maybe this is simplistic. 
I'm going to be caught here one day. I'm going to be in major trouble. You had you had those moments of clarity, but it was I think your brain becomes so skewed that you just think, oh, I'll just get the big bet and put it back in. But even at the latter stages, I've been invited won all the money back and put it back in. I would have been discovered because of the movement of cash. But it, the gambling hijacks the brain. You don't think rationally. Um, you go into that gambling frenzy or that cycle, and you know you make sense of it. Time, like you know, for me, the the say for fraud to happen, three elements have to be pressure, uh, have to be there, pressure, opportunity, and rationalisation. And I was um, rationalised every single decision I made. But there was that moment of clarity. But the only way I could see out of it was to try gambling my way out. Like it's commonly accepted that you can't drink your way over an alcohol problem or drug your way over a drug problem, but the gambler believes that he's only one that's one bet away from fixing everything, and that drives it on. Like all the cognitive biases at play to drive you on to continue to do the thing that has you in trouble in the first place. When you were actually caught and stopped, you know, for people they come to the service we're talking about here that's uh, new here in the northeast in the Moneymore area. Um, was that it? Cold turkey. In other words, you're caught. It ends. That that was it. C- could you gamble after that, or did you attempt to? No, I haven't gambled in over twelve, nearly twelve and a half years. So when I got discovered, I um, got arrested. I then I went into treatment, and that's when I started seeking my help from my gambling problem. I um, I went to Coomera in in a Thai, where I spent three months doing an extensive gambling program, one-to-one therapy, group meetings. And then afterwards, and ever since then, I've been um, in active recovery. And working in the area really helps because I get grounded by people's stories. Mm. I still see the the devastation of this addiction 12 years on. And while the numbers in my case were very large, it's all relative to how it impacts the person. It can be someone spending their social welfare money each week, someone spending their wages a week, someone spending their pocket money each week. Um, so I'm, I've been in recovery ever since, thankfully. Now, I still get compulsions, I still get thoughts, but I have such a um, a really good um, plan in place around triggers that I'm able to navigate those compulsions when they come. And again, working in the area really, really helps that. Adesian, I want to come back to you because I want you to tell listeners about the launch of the service, when and where that's happening, please. Yes, so um, we're having an official launch of the Problem Gambling Service, which we are... Um, running in the Connect Family Resource Centre on Thursday the 7th. So that's just a few sleeps away and it's at 11 o'clock at the Old Boys Club Yellow Barter here in Drogheda and um, yes, please come and join us. Come and learn more about what this uh, this hidden addiction is about. We want everybody to come in, come and learn about the symptoms, come and learn about the lives of people we have two speakers who have the gambling addiction themselves so we talk about it from the basic point of view of oh this is the statistics we also talk about it from the life experience and we have a lot of um, networking as well we have light light lunch so please stay behind as well and have some sandwiches and cup (laughs) of tea with us so that you can also talk to the people who we bring along um, to talk to anybody who needs to know more who needs to talk about anybody they're concerned about and we look forward to seeing you all on Thursday 11 a.m at the Old Boys Club in Yellow Barter. There you are, an open invitation and a bit of lunch as well thrown in. And Tony O'Reilly will be there too. This is the great thing. Tony, you know, when you talk about this life you've lived at one stage and are now out the the other side of it, um, for people today, uh, it's, it's the... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hidden one, as we were talking about a few moments ago. You don't see it, as Adeshian was saying. You can be walking around and have this addiction, terrible addiction, and nobody knows about it. It's, it's not visible, Tony. No, you could be sitting at home with your family having your dinner and losing the house on an online gambling site. And, you know, we do, like, I'd be very um, vocal about the fact that we do need the legislation, regulation in place to help protect the vulnerable, help protect young people around this addiction that is growing in Ireland. Like the trends I'm definitely seeing where people looking for help and support. And I'm sure all the councillors in the FRCs will, um, would agree with this, that the age cohort is dropping. Uh, younger people are gambling at an earlier age. Um, I do a lot of school talks and I've done for the last couple of years. And I'm learning all the time from the students of ways that they're able to place bets of different sites that they're on and how gambling has become kind of converged in with gaming and it's becoming a huge societal issue. It's something that's going to explode and we, we need to be talking about this addiction. We need to be creating awareness and, and education around it and also having great services like the FRCs to be able to help and support people who have been impacted by it. And, and this service uh, that's being launched in Drawhut in the Boys Club on Thursday at 11am, it's just not, it's, it's for anybody. If you're listening to us today and you're affected by gambling, the door is open here on, on Thursday. When you, when you mention that, Tony, there, do you feel there's enough attention being given to this by government? Is it being funded enough? Or, or, well, is anything funded enough, Tony? There's very little government funding at present, but that will change. Um, I know the regulator is in place and we're hoping that the um, the legislation regulation will come into place by early next year, which will create a social fund to create more funding for people being impacted by gambling and to create more funding for education, awareness and research. And research is a very important part of it as well. Um, so the government is is stepping up. It's, um, you know, but we need it as soon as possible because... You know, the heads of the bill were published over 10 years ago and we're still waiting for it to be enacted. And like my story broke 12 years ago. And as I said earlier, we're still seeing the same failings. We're still seeing the same stories as mine coming through the door. And we, we, we need that to stop. Did anyone know you were up to your tonsils in debt? Or, or were you able to hide it? No one knew. Because no. you, become, you become a compulsive liar. You become brilliant at manipulating people in situations like no one knew I was able to hide it from everyone um, and it was only when it came out people said oh that's why he was a bit withdrawn when he was in social situations or family events that's why he wasn't quite himself in work that's why um, he wasn't his usual self um, so it was only when I came into recovery that I was able to kind of to rediscover the person I was before the addiction took hold. Do people look on you differently since? I, I'm curious about this. Or would people, you know, say, "What my oh my, look, he, at the end of the day, overcame this and here he is now uh, using his own life example to help others? Yeah, generally, the you know, you get positive reaction from people. You're always going to get one or two yeah. people who will just see the test and that's fine. Um, and, that you know, I'm, I'm working in the area long enough, I've, I've gotten plenty of, um, you know, plenty of comments, negative comments, but by and large, 95% of the comments you get is positive because people, generally people in Ireland have been impacted by addiction in some shape or form. I think with gambling, it's starting to become more prevalent with people, but also I think the stigma is slowly starting to be removed from gambling because, you know, we're, we're told, you know, from the messaging from the gambling companies that take time to think and, um, know your limits it puts all the onus on the individual but when you're addicted to something you you can't you know you can't see the consequences you're in that cycle of addiction you can't it's only when it stops you can pull it when you do come out the far side you said you know i wasn't a nice person and i wasn't a nice person addiction like i i take full ownership i was a horrible person i was manipulative i lied i stole and so i became 
a different version of myself, a version I didn't like or wasn't able to look at in the mirror. But thankfully, you know, in recovery the last 12 and a half years, I've become a much better person. I often look at those ads and think, my God almighty, do they honestly think those words mean anything to someone who's addicted to gambling? Not a whit of difference, in my opinion, does it make. Do you think uh, it, it, gambling should be banned, advertising with sport, etc., the way it's linked in with that? What's your view on that? I definitely think it should be restri- re- restricted, um, if not banned altogether. I think... Um, our children are being bombarded by gambling ads on on telly, on social media, especially, you know, like even for a couple of, um, you know, Premier League games, you're getting these Facebook ads, enhanced odds, free bet in, inducements. Like there's, we're, at, we're, we're it's nearly gone to saturation point. We're being bombarded in and out um, during the games with the advertising hoarding, the, you know, the sponsors on the jerseys, even though that has been changed in 2026. Like you know, you look at cryptocurrencies being advertised around stadiums as well. Like where it's just it's unbelievable the amount of advertising. We we'll probably look back at this in ten or fifteen years' time the same way as we we, we saw smoking. Mm. You know, years ago you had the Benson the Hedges Irish Masters. You'd have yes. Marlboro used to sponsor Formula One McLaren car. I think it was McLaren mm. car anyway. And um, we'll look back at this in the same way. I think in a few years' time. Mm. I I I couldn't disagree with you. To be honest, it's a uh, it's a tsunami. It really is a tsunami uh, coming down the tracks. You are a, a great guy, and aren't they so lucky uh, in uh, Drada to have you coming on Thursday morning at 11 o'clock to see? Well worth checking this out. Adesian, thank you for joining us today. I wish you well with all you do on the ground, and I know you're working with uh, quite a number of clients at the moment, and you're there to help people as well. So, folks, again, the Boys Club Yellow Batter, 11am this Thursday morning. Everybody welcome, wherever you're listening to us today, you'll uh, meet the the wonderful Tony O'Reilly as well, and you can ask him a few more questions that I've left behind for you today on the show. Anyway, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jerry. Take care of yourself. And uh, Desian, uh, it's great to meet you. Thank, thank you, you so much us. for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank Bye you. now. Bye. The Late Lunch brought to you... Yeah, that's Anne-Marie there and unhealthy on your late lunch this afternoon. Um, Tony's been on to say great interview with Hector really enjoyed it I had the pleasure of trying to manage him in a community game soccer team when he was 12 Jerry he was a great character that comes in from Tony O'Brien this afternoon lovely to hear from you Tony on the show Um, there's uh, Another one there that says gambling, a scourge, Jerry. Couldn't agree with you more. The advertising has to be looked at, says a listener this afternoon on Late Lunch. Don't forget, if you ever want to get in touch with us on the show out of hours, our email address is Lunch at lmfm.ie and you can send us a message there at any stage. If you have a guest you feel would be fitting with the, the Late Lunch show theme or if you have a story or anything do get in touch with us out of hours now I have a lady waiting on the line to chat to me about Balrath Wood and when I think of Balrath I remember many moons ago myself and Andrew Kelly who was doing our wildlife feature on the show with me at the time heading to Balrath round about March time and it was the time of year when frogs were spawning and I mean it was unbelievable to see them spawning there and the noise out of them, the frog chorus. It really was spectacular. And I, I've walked the wood on a number of occasions, but not in recent years. But Helen Byrne's been down that way recently and she's on the line. Afternoon, Helen. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. If you go down to Balrathwood today, you never know what you'll find. <laughs> um, what did you find, Helen, in Balrathwood? Yeah, I just, th- thanks for asking me on, first of all. Um, I just, um, well, I love Ballarat Wood. We live right beside it. I have two little boys, four and six, who absolutely love going over there. Um, they love wildlife and they love seeing everything, you know, in, 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 in the natural environment. But um, lately, it's just been a bit disappointing, I have to say. Each time we go over there, there's just one or two of the lovely amenities that they have seem to have disappeared. Um, it started during COVID time. Uh, the swing, they had a lovely big basket swing that the kids used to queue up waiting for it to get a go on it. And uh, that that was taken down during COVID time. And at the time, I suppose we thought maybe it was for infection control reasons or, you know, we weren't really sure. But little by little, uh, you know, one or two things have disappeared each time we've gone over. So just to give you an example, 
Um, the picnic benches are gone. There's a lovely little play home that they used to play, like a little house, a wooden house, and that was in pieces on the ground when we went over the other day. Not sure if that was related to the storm that we had recently or, or if it was vandalised. Um, there is a climbing frame still there, but there's two little swings on that, and one of them is broken off. Um, there's also a little play horse. There was two play horses, and one of them has been removed. So little by little, it just seems like it's fallen apart. Well, that's really sad to hear, I have to say, because it is a beautiful place. Don't have to remind you about that. People come from far and wide to enjoy the walks there, uh, the serenity, the peace, you name it, it has it. But that's not good when you uh, outline, that's a huge loss to the place, each one of those, isn't it? It is. The last day I was there, I took some photographs and I did contact some of the local councillors just I contacted Stephen McKee, um, one of the Mead County Councillors, and I did bring it to the attention of Sharon Kilgan and also Liz Carlin here in the village in Jalik. Now, I did have a response back from Stephen McKee um, pretty quickly, and he had contacted Mead County Council, who came back to say that there was some funding approved under the Outdoor Recreation Scheme for the development of a woodland management plan. Um, they say that this work is near and completion, and the recommendations from the plan will inform the future work that should be carried out and that they're open to source some funding from various grant schemes that are available. But they did say that due to health and safety reasons it was necessary to swing and the benches but they, and nobody's come back if they're going to be replaced anytime soon or what's going to happen. So mm. I'm not sure how long this is going to take but uh, it is a bit disappointing in the area that, you know, they, they go over there looking forward to having a play and there's nothing, you know, really for, for them to play on. So... Yeah, well, yeah. look at it. We'll put a we'll put we'll we'll ask the question for you after this today. We'll put a request yeah, in, and yeah. and we'll we'll try and find out what's happening with it. Are you sure? Yeah. Is it is it the council and Quilcha, or or how does it work? Is it a yeah, combination? So it, 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 I did, you know, there seems to be a joint um, partnership. So uh, it's Quilcha, the Heritage Council, Mead Community Partnership. Right. Mead County Council, the Tree Council of Ireland. There seems to be numerous, um, you know, people involved. Now there is a local group called the Balrath Preservation Group, and uh, by all accounts, they do great work. They they um, volunteer and they lock up at night time, and you know. But I'm sure it's, it's it's out of their remit. You know, it's not um, within their remit to be looking after the amenities there. I'm sure they just look after you know the the opening of the gates and locking up and all of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're people, volunteers. I'm, I'm sure they just exactly, do it the local for, people, for the yeah, love of exactly. it, you know, and, and keep it keep yeah. it ticking along. To be honest with you, but you know, it, yeah. it, it's it's uh, one thing, Helen, about it is if you if decline starts, it's quite quite rapid as well. You know, as you described it there, just bit by bit, it all falls apart, and suddenly it's not the place it was. Because I have great memories of it being well maintained, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. managed, etc. So we, we wouldn't like to see that. That slip, and that's why I'm delighted. No, it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm delighted it's you've highlighted. Resort, yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's one of the nicest woodland walks you'll do in in this neck of the woods. Sorry for the pun, but it is. It it is. <laughs> the, that's for sure. It it has that about it. It's 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 pretty special. And as I mentioned yeah. there, the pond is a mecca uh, for frogs and yeah. spawning at that time of I year. I know, mm. and the kids the kids love it. Yeah, mm. they do. You know, all the all the lo- all the kids in the, in the locality love love to go there. So hopefully, hopefully we can manage to get something done and, and make some improvements. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at we. Uh, that's what we're here for to highlight issues like this as well and try and uh, make sure that people are on their toes and things don't slip as well and I'd I'd hate to see it you know just decline uh, more than it has at the moment and that uh, there's a focus on it now to bring it back up to speed and spec which uh, it should be you obviously uh, you're outdoor folk you love walking the boys love going out we and do. Yeah. the boys love animals and nature and yeah we do love to be outside so um yeah, so listen, hopefully we can, we can get something something moving on this. And thanks for giving us some, some time. Guys, Not at all. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining me, Helen, on the show today. Thank you so much, Jerry. Have Take a good care day. of yourself. Bye-bye. That's uh, Helen Byrne there. Balrot Wood. Anyone down that way recently? What do you feel about it? Have you any opinion yourself on it? Love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Do you remember, Louise, a few weeks ago when we were in Black Rock with the show? We did one of the Tuesdays in Black Rock. We had a wonderful day actually on the 15th of August there. 
and subsequently uh, we had the issue raised about the ladies' toilets in oh, Black yes. Rock that they had been closed mm. for almost a year. Now, when, when you were off, I did put a request into the council and I did get an acknowledgement back uh, mm. from Loud County Council to say they'd be back to me, but I heard nothing since, to be honest with you. But I have heard, I meant to report this last week, it's sort of slipped my mind. It's fixed. They're open. The Yay. ladies' Uh, is open in uh, Black Rock Village again. They have reopened. So that is good news per se. And long may they stay open. It's a little bit late for this season. It is just for the the big day there. And that as well. But hey, it may not be late. Look out your windows. I know, it's fabulous out there, isn't it? Isn't it fabulous? Mm. Isn't it? Isn't it just great? What do you think? Shorten the winter. (laughs) (laughs) They're great sayings, aren't they? Aren't they just, yeah? Just comes to you. That's another classic. You always swear, I'm never going to be like my mother. And then you find yourself saying, oh, it's a great day for drying or shorten the winter or all these little things come back, don't they? You morph into your parents. Remember (laughs) that. That's what happens. It's inevitable. You can't uh, stop (laughs) the march of time. But you're right there. You know, that, that is a great saying. Uh, it really is. I love that one. Oh, I should have shortened with that. I often say it myself. You know what I mean? The longer you get this stretch of weather into September and beyond, uh, please God it will. I do feel sorry for children who had, a, you know, July and August with just bloody washout mm-hmm. when you think of it. And they're back at school now. But still, when they get in, there's still light in the day and they, you know. And look, they've all their friends to play with. Yes. At school. Yeah. In lunch breaks and that's, stuff like that. that you know, some yeah. kids might be in the middle of nowhere that it mightn't have a lot of friends yeah. around them. So, yeah. if everybody. But uh, as you're on the sayings uh, trail today, I, I, I'll say another one to you. Their evenings are closing in, aren't they? <laughs> the evenings are they closing are actually, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Darkness is coming. Aren't we just, when you think about it, Irish people, it's... The, so is something. The weather is a great mm. greeting or an icebreaker with people mm. as well. We talk so much about it. Well, you know, yeah. we are a, an island nation, of course, we know that. But the weather is a real topic of conversation, isn't it, with people mm. and, you know, to, to make a link with people as well. I think and, somebody else said the other day when, you know, or, sorry, yesterday or whatever, when this beautiful weather was, the news of it was hitting for the next week. Oh, hope it's not the calm before the storm. In other words, I hope we're not going to have a, a horrible, terrible winter after this will sunshine. You, will, you, will you stop? That's that's another Irish trade. <laughs> oh, whoa me, whoa us. Enjoy the blinking thing while it's here. Do you think there's as many other sayings like in other countries? Uh, probably are, but yeah. I don't think, we, we are a people of language and colourful language at times. We love to chat, don't we? We, we, we love are. Moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not a, we're not a shy people in, in a general sense, you know what I mean, in a world context. I'm, I'm sure that other countries have their sayings as well, for sure. They do indeed. But we, 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 have, the, we have the turn. We have the turn of the twist of the gab as well. For, and we're good at it. But that's one thing we're good at. If there's a world championship, I think we'd be bringing home the gold, to be honest with you. Hi, Jerry. On the subject of public toilets, what about the, the ones in George's Square in Drogheda, where you get the bus? Yes, the, the buses pick up. Uh, bus Aaron and Matthew's coaches along there for sure it's always busy with people travelling uh, to and from Dublin and up to Dundalk and back as well and beyond uh, those toilets are closed Jerry. why are those public toilets in Georgia Square and Drogheda not open when people are often I'm sure caught short there says a listener waiting for the bus let's see what the story is there what about the Drogheda public toilets on Georgia Street we'll see what's happening there for you as well thanks for getting in touch with us on the show now our Sinead Burke ah she brings us such wonderful observations on life but did you know that it's New Year at the moment it is have a listen to Sinead some chancers like to pretend that the New Year starts in January this is of course a shameless lie brazenly promoted by the producers of Operation Transformation and whoever is responsible for the sales of the gym gear in pennies. Those of us on the front lines of parenting know the truth. Here in the education trenches, deep ravines littered with stained book lists and cracked water bottles, the year begins in September. In fact, depending on the school, it can sometimes begin the last week in August. Like the charade that goes on at the end of December, The weeks leading up to the real New Year are busy and expensive. Audits of the kids' clothes are carried out. Surely she'll get another year out of that jumper. And how, in the name of all that is natural, has he gone through a pair of runners only bought last May? More than once during this time, 
I have been found tired and emotional, mumbling incoherently to myself in the stationary section of Eason's. Nine subjects, so that's nine hardback copies. Or is it nine A4 soft copies? Do they still need the small copies? What's the ruler situation? And did the list say anything about plastic folders? Because every other parent in here seems to be buying them. Honestly, if it wasn't such an expensive time, you could easily be driven to the drink. As is human nature, when faced with a seemingly impossible task, self-delusion starts to kick in. Ludicrous plans are made, and wildly ambitious dreams are dreamt. This will be the year that we all get up at seven. Everyone in the house will enjoy a good, nutritious breakfast. We might even all sit around the table together, showered and smiling, while we drink orange juice and eat cereal. Just like those families in TV advertisements, or in American films. We could even have time for a walk. The packed lunches will be varied and full of brain food. I could make flapjacks to keep their energy up. And every evening, I'll simply take one of my delicious batch-cooked meals out of the freezer so we can all sit around together again and talk about our day. By Thursday morning, all the petty faloos have been eaten. You're trying to find crackers at the end of the packet that haven't gone soft, and you're picking freezer burn off a pepperoni pizza for that evening. Come the weekend, you're back loading uniforms into the washing machine. Return to a world where the only sense of accomplishment comes with a briefly empty laundry bin. That short period of optimism, that this was going to be the year of big changes and little break homemade treats, has passed. There were no walks before school, and it looks like you will need to buy another jumper anyway, because it's been missing since Tuesday. But never mind. The earth will go round the sun one more time, and we can all try again next September. Happy New Year to all the parents out there. Welcome back to the trenches. Yeah, brilliant Sinead as usual. Our Sinead Burke with an observational eye on back to school. Jerry, where is Ballrat Woods? Out by Dulik, heading for the Kentstown sort of area. In that vicinity there, you'll find Ballrat Woods. Jerry, another one there. Question, is Hector's show all in Irish? No, it's a mix. It's a sort of a mix with Hector, his new show, starting on Thursday night on TG Car about his uh, trips to the Far East. A big wedding anniversary, celebrating 40 years married. Congratulations to Martin and Valerie Reynolds, listeners to LMFM from morning tonight, from your family and all your friends. Have a great one. 40 years not out, Martin and Valerie, this is for you. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number five from this week in 1994. And that's as high as it went on the UK charts. No higher number five. But when I tell you, on the Motown label, this song spent, listen to this, 14 weeks at number one in the United States on their main singles chart. Incredible. One of the biggest songs of the 90s. Close your eyes, make a wish, and blow out the candlelight. For tonight is just your night. Boys to men, 
Yes, number five in our top five countdown from this very week in 1994 on the UK charts. But as I said, 14 weeks top of the charts in the USA. It really was a big one. And a special request in there from their family, Fopan, Kathleen Gibney, who celebrated their wedding anniversary uh, yesterday. Congratulations to you and warmest congratulations from all of your family and friends. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, Monday afternoon after the break. It is National Slowdown Day and with the focus on road fatalities these last few weeks and the shocking carnage that saw and has seen so many lives and young lives lost, the government are focusing on it now. They've called a special meeting of all concerned, the Road Safety Authority involved. They're talking about putting more penalty points on certain fines as well. Is it the answer? Well, my God, I hope somebody has the answer because really... Uh, this is heading in the wrong direction altogether. We're talking about it next on Slow Down Day. And I just saw this morning, even early on, over 50 motorists were actually caught for speeding. And the word out there that this day and the focus is on it. Does the message ever get through? Well, Caroline Ginley will tell us next all about losing her baby, as she called him. Yes, she lost her son on the roads of County Mead a few years back. And she's joining me next. We're just reminding you again, today is National Slowdown Day on our roads. And really, that's the message that uh, we need to get across to slow down. Despite everything else, weather conditions, uh, circumstances beyond our control, speed is one thing we can all control and we can take our foot off the pedal. Uh, take it easier and have more respect for road users. Caroline Ginley joins me on the line. Her son Martin died not far from his home back in July 2018. Caroline, nice to talk to you Hi, again. Hi, Caroline, How are you? I, I'm really good, Caroline. I really do appreciate you joining me today on the show, on this day where we're trying to get the message out for people to take greater care in our roads. It, yes. it, it's a saying you hear all the time, the pain never goes, does it, Caroline? Oh, the pain never goes away. It only seems like yesterday and still it's five years, five mm. years since Martin was killed. Yeah, and, and just, he, he wasn't far from, the, from he wasn't far from the house, was no, he? No, a few minutes up the road. A few minutes up the road. Mm. That's it. That's it. Just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just heartbreaking. Mm. Our lives never the same again. You go, you're waking up in the morning and it's on your mind and you go to bed at night and it's on your mind and you just don't want anyone else to go through the pain and suffering that you're going through. It's horrendous. And when you look at in recent times, which why the focus is on this again, you can obviously empathise with the people in Clonus, uh, Cashel, uh, Clonmel, yeah. the little child last week, yeah. motorcyclist. Oh. My God, Caroline. Dreadful. It brings us all back home. Every time you hear someone being killed on the road, it's like a knife in the heart. It's it's just there again, you know. It's, it's People have to slow down. People have to obey the speed limits. They're there for a reason. Mm. Like, be, be mindful of other user, road users. Like, you have to take care on the road. It's not a... It's a car you're driving. It's not a toy. Yeah. And when you but, when you think about all those families and people that are starting out on a journey you're five years into at this stage. And, uh, yeah, and it only seems like yesterday, Jerry. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, my heart goes out to them because I know the pain that they're going through. And I would wish them, oh, I don't know, just keep on praying. That's all you can do is keep on praying and hoping that people will rise up and slow down. How do you get through each day and each week and month since and that? What what has been the, the biggest help? Your family, clo- you know. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have four grandkids, and uh, they they keep me going. They keep the mind occupied, no doubt about it. My son lives here beside me, and my daughter lives down the road. And then um, I have a daughter in Australia, which is hard because she's so far away, and you know. But still, we we're always on the phone to each other. But like four grandkids will keep you busy, I'm telling you. Yeah. I you see the memorial at Gibbstown Cross when I'm going fishing. 
Yeah, do you? Yeah, oh, I do. Yeah. I think of them every time, and I pass it regular. I was going to Sheelan or Lock Lane or places like that, or uh, over the way. I see it each time, and I think of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think of him. It's yeah. there at the cross it's, at Gibston. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's desperate now. We're waiting to put up something permanent there, but can't mm. do nothing because the railings are gone. Do you see? Yes. But uh, in time, we will put something up. But like. You stop there and then I have to go right across the road into the graveyard. I can't miss it. Mm. You know, I go to his grave every single day. Do you? I haven't missed one day since since he went there. My oh my. Yeah, yeah, it's heartbreaking. And he he had the world at his feet. He was only starting out in life. He had a great circle of friends. He was a a, his qualification and as a heavy duty mechanic, that was just all his, you know, ready to go. All his, yeah. And he was so excited, Jerry, because he said, "Now I'm going to be on the big box." And he had so many plans, so Mm. many plans, and uh, he passed all his exams, no problem whatsoever. Like and he drove up and down to Athlone, Dublin, for his course the whole time, and not a thing. And next thing, just a few minutes from home, this happens. You 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 know you you wonder what mm. you know. Mm. He had everything to live for, fully qualified heavy duty mechanic. Like it's yeah, people dream of those things. Yes. Yes, and and you're with me today because you wanted to come on again and say to people, even one more life lost on the road is one too many. Too so many, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just people slow down. Slow down. And look, be mindful of, of other road users. And of course, if you have passengers in your car, you have to think of those too. Mm. You know, do not drink and drive. It's a no-no. Mm. And the phone, the mobile phone, like, I still see people, you know, you're driving along and you still see people on the mobile phone. Yes. Like, it's crazy. Absolutely. All you have to, it's one split second and your whole life is turned upside down. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you can replace a care or anything at any time, but you can never replace a life. And if, you, if you're listening to Caroline today, please take heed of those words. Take heed of what she says. Yeah. It is all so true. And we can mm-hmm. all make a difference. This is the thing. We can all make a difference by taking the foot off the pedal, by paying yeah. attention, by not using the phone, by making sure yeah. everybody's wearing their belts. We can all make a difference. We can, folks. Yeah, absolutely. We can. Absolutely. We can. Too many young people have been killed on our roads. Far too many. Far too yeah, many, far Kathleen, too many, yeah. uh, Caroline. Too many broken hearts. Mm-hmm. As my mother-in-law says, too many black hearts. And we, we we really do today want to take note of this and carry it beyond today and into the future. And, yeah, uh, into the future, you know, we yeah. can put on penalty points. We can do this. We can, But it's back to us. Number one, when you're in charge of a vehicle, as Caroline said, it's not a toy. It's a very, very dangerous piece of equipment that can end life in an instant. And we want you to think about Absolutely. it today. Yeah, Caroline, yeah. Caroline, you are so yeah. good to join us today. We remember Martin and thank you for joining us on this special day. And God bless you all. Thank you so much for having me. Not at okay, all. Take care, care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Caroline Ginley there on National Slowdown Day. That's it on Late Lunch. Eddie Caffrey's on his way. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow and we leave you with this one thinking of all who've lost their lives on the roads. The song is called Heaven. I hope they're in heaven and I hope that the consolation of their memories will stay with those left behind them like Caroline today. See you tomorrow, half one. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.